Hello everyone, welcome to the Like the World Podcast, and I'm your host, LT World, and on this channel we talk about the things people don't like to talk about. We talk about politics, we talk about religion, and we talk about ideologies. If that sounds like something you're into, join us as we take a look at the things that drive culture. Do you really despise religious beliefs? I despise people whose belief in religion is so firm it justifies killing people. Inside, 39 members of the Heaven's Gate cult had taken their own lives. Once in a while I get people that really claim they don't believe in evolution. And my response generally is, well, why not? We can't even begin to describe a living creature in anything resembling precise terms. Where do the laws of physics come from? It's, it's a question that doesn't work for me on multiple levels of analysis. Does God exist? Before me are two giant volumes of supposed miracle claims written down by Craig Keener. They include modern miracle claims, mostly modern miracle claims. They have some reference to ancient ones as well, I believe. But mostly modern miracle claims from medical journals, from historically trusted trusted people, and so forth. And so it's just a wide plethora of miracle claims. The question of today is whether or not miracles are possible. And miracles aren't just some sort of modern thing that came along with the modern period. Actually, most people would probably associate miracles with the ancient period. And some examples of ancient miracles would be Jesus walking on water, Moses getting water from a rock, or Buddha being able to produce a flame above his head. Some things that just are completely supernatural and seem out of this world and have no seemingly natural explanation for why or how they occurred. Even though it would be very interesting to delve into the historical evidence for miracles such as Craig Keener did, on this episode we're going to be looking more into the philosophical reasoning and whether or not miracles are even possible from a philosophical standpoint. Because there's very little reason to trust history if miracles philosophically just are logically inconsistent. And to make sure that our definitions are we're on the same page here definitionally, I'm going to give you a definition for miracles. Now, the technical Webster definition goes as such, a surprising and welcome event that is not explicably explicable by nature or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be work of a divine agency. Miracles mean that someone or something intervened into the course of natural laws and cannot be fully explained by just the laws of nature, which would obviously implicate that a supernatural being intervened a supernatural being with intelligence and the ability to intervene, which would mean someone or something like God, or at least created beings from a God of supernatural qualities. Clearly, if miracles are true, this is very strong evidence for the case of theology, for the case of theists, and for the case of believing in God. Because if, uh, if even one miracle happened out there, it means there's some sort of divine agency out there intervening in the course of nature, and there's tons of miracle claims in the world. So if even one of them is true, that is very potent evidence for the existence of God. But that is the question at hand. And most atheists would deny the possibility of miracles. They will often say that nature can explain everything. And if we don't have uh, some sort of natural explanation for why something happened, we will eventually have a natural explanation for why something happened. Or even if we never figure out why something happened, there is a natural explanation for why it happened. Can science explain everything? Perhaps we could start with you, Peter. Yeah, well, I'm not a politician, so I'll give you a straight answer. <laughs> um, the answer is yes. Um, of course, it hasn't yet explained everything, but there are no signs that it's going to run up against a brick wall and stop explaining everything. 
And a common argument cited against miracles it comes derived from David Hume, who was an Enlightenment philosopher and thinker who was a very well known for being a skeptic. And he had a whole book called An Inquiry into Human Understanding. And in that book, he delves into the topic of miracles and explains why he believes miracles cannot, miracle claims cannot be trusted and why even miracles may not be possible at all. There are some varying interpretations of David Hume's book, but we're going to delve into the two main arguments that people normally draw from it. And the one, the second argument is a lot stronger than the first argument, but we'll cover the first argument just to make sure it's out of the way. So the first argument goes like this. It is a five step process. So here's the first point. A miracle is a violation of the law of nature. It's basically the definition we provided earlier about what a miracle is. Point number two, firm and unalterable experience has established the laws of nature. Point number three, anything that has been experienced conforms to the laws of nature. Point number four, nothing has been experienced which does not conform to the laws of nature. Point number five, all experience, since it is uniform, unites as a proof against miracles. So the first part of it is just definitional. And then the second part of it, firm and unalterable experience has established the laws of nature, is basically just talking about kind of like the scientific method. We observe phenomenon happening, we record it down, and then we see that there's a pattern in science. And then this is where normally people raise an issue with this argument is point number three, anything that has been experienced conforms to the laws of nature. And that's why this argument is so weak, is because the argument already assumes the conclusion before it even finishes this. So this argument is very circular because point number three is simply exerting that miracles aren't possible from the forthright, from the outright. So it says anything that's been experienced conforms to the laws of nature. That is exactly what we're trying to figure out. This isn't an argument, this is just an assertion. I could say that everything we experience is a miracle. That isn't me arguing a good point. So point number three is just assuming that everything we experience is from natural laws. Um, when in reality, if, if the, the argument is whether or not miracles actually happen, miracles could, in theory, be experienced. And not everything we would experience would be nature. So just to say, to assume in your argument that everything we experience is nature is to assume the conclusion of the argument. So argument number one is simply circular. And I just wanted to get out of the way right away because it is the weakest argument. But argument number two is better and much more nuanced and actually makes a decent case. So let's jump into argument two. And I, I do want to note that argument one, the fatal flaw that I brought up, is not just me saying that. That is coming from Marantha Baptist Seminary. It's coming from a few other philosophers as well that I saw, even ones who aren't um, religious. So argument number one is agree to be um, fatally flawed from um, its internal weakness. Argument number two, however, is much more nuanced and much better, and we're going to focus most of the remainder of our time on argument number two. So here we go. Here's the six-step six argument in argument number two. Number one, a miracle is by a definition a rare occurrence. Point number two, natural law is by definition a description of regular occurrence. Point number three, the evidence for the regular is always greater than for the rare. Evidence must, point number four, evidence must be weighed. Point number five, a wise man always bases his belief on the greater evidence. Point number six, therefore, a wise man should never believe in a miracle. This seems to make at least some sort of good logical sense. A miracle is rare, that is true, and natural laws are regular and occurring, and that's why we have science and we're able to um, observe scientific laws and methods and to be able to apply them to our lives. And then point number three, the evidence for the regular is always greater than the evidence for the rare. It depends on what you mean by greater. This is where kind of the wording can be kind of deceptive because greater seems to imply it's better, 
when it might be more true to say quantity over versus quality, the quantity of evidence for a regular occurrence is much greater than the quantity of evidence for a rare occurrence because something that happens rarely, you just won't have as much evidence for it. However, when it comes down to actually whether or not it's better evidence, you might have a lot and lot and lot of evidence for something to be true, um, but it might all that evidence might be very weak or very tenuous, while you might have only a handful of evidence for something else, but that evidence is very quality, very qualified, very strong. So just because there's not a lot of something doesn't mean it's good or bad evidence, it just means quantity. But then that leads into point number four, evidences must be weighed. Um, which is true, you must weigh your evidences, you must observe your evidence. But again, just because something is a lot of it doesn't mean it's good evidence, that could just be a lot of bad evidence. But point number five, a wise man always bases his belief on the greater evidence, that should be the case. Point number six, therefore a wise man should never believe in a miracle. And that is the crux of the argument that the flaw comes in, is that point number three. It assumes that just because you have a lot of evidence of something means that this must be the greater argument. But just because something is rare and doesn't have as much evidence as something else that's more regular doesn't mean that the evidence for the rare thing is bad. It could be high quality evidence um, versus high quantity of low quality evidence or both of them could have high quality evidence and they actually complement each other. In the case of miracles in nature, they could theoretically complement each other in a way that the supernatural governs the natural and natural can keep on going until the supernatural intervenes and then therefore does some sort of miracle. That doesn't necessarily require a logical break. That can just be a complementary relationship between the two. And Norman Geisler really succinctly, Norman Geisler is a Christian apologist, really succinctly I think captures the heart of this argument and the heart of the problem with this argument. And this is his, this is his quote. What Hume seems to overlook is that wise people base their belief on facts, not simply on odds. Hume's argument confuses quantity of evidence with quality of evidence. And that's essentially what the flaw of the argument is. Now, to give Hume some more credit though, he doesn't just simply say that the reason why he doesn't believe in miracles is because you just have more evidence for natural occurring laws of nature. He also thinks that humans, since they can be deceived, since humans have motive to be deceptive themselves, since human senses can't be fully trusted, that human testimony is just unreliable testimony versus natural law and experience and scientific method is more trustworthy. And so therefore, if we have uh, scientific laws and scientific experience to outweigh the human testimony, then we should just assume that the human testimony is flawed rather than take on the human testimony because people can be deceived. And that's very true. There's many cases of this being the case. Just take, for instance, Jim Jones. Jim Jones ran the People's Temple out west, and he eventually took people down south, and everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people know that there was a mass suicide committed. 900 some people died because they followed Jim Jones. And Jim Jones convinced a lot of people to follow him because they believed him to be a miracle worker. He would basically, in his church, set up fake miracles. He would pick people in the stand, pick people in the church to pretend to be sick, and then he would fake heal them in front of people and deceive a bunch of people that he was a miracle worker. So David Hume is correct to say that people use miracles to deceive people. He's correct that sometimes we have experiences that we think are miraculous that may not be. So a, a common case of this is people who made mythologies back in the ancient times. A lot of them can probably be explained through some sort of scientific laws, whether it be thunder and lightning in the sky. We have a natural reason for why that occurs, but some people used to believe that was the gods fighting. So just because we don't always understand something doesn't mean it's a miracle or not. However, just because humans can be deceived or just because humans aren't always accurate and stuff doesn't mean that human 
testimony is not good evidence. As far as it goes to historical study, human testimony should be weighed by its strength and veracity. And in the case of any sort of historical evidence, there is no doubt, for instance, that George Washington existed, that George Washington was president of the United States to start, and so forth, because there's a lot of human testimony, a lot of trusted human testimony, and a lot of good physical evidence of that, of that human testimony being true. Likewise, when it comes to any other sort of human historical evidence or historical, historical claims, human testimony can normally be trusted based on the strength of that human testimony, how much and how trustworthy these people can actually be. And so if we would have strong human testimony, a lot of it, and it can be trusted human testimony from people who um, were there or could be trusted with this information, then we shouldn't necessarily just cast out the idea that a miracle can't be possible because philosophically, we already shown that a miracle could be complementary and could be possible. And if you, if you toss something out um, outright that you won't believe it just because it's based on human testimony, you would have to toss a lot of other things out, including some scientific stuff like atoms. Most people take, take a belief in atoms on the basis of authority, of human testimony. But if we can't trust human testimony and we can only trust what we see, well, it doesn't look like there's any atoms in here, so we might as well toss that idea out. So as far as human testimony goes, you just have to look at the strength of human testimony and not just cast it out because it's human testimony in of itself. Perhaps though, one of the biggest things that people raise, and I've heard some other atheists and new atheists in some of their books raise this sort of issue, is that even if um, miracles could be trusted, and even David Hume talks about this kind of in his book, if even miracle claims could be trusted, and we could believe miracles have happened and do happen, there are so many miracle claims out there, so many contradicting beliefs that promote their miracles that we can't know for sure who is telling what, and therefore miracles, even if they happen, prove nothing. Now, this goes back to the historical evidence case. Just because there are contradicting miracle claims doesn't mean that there isn't one that we can believe or we should believe. So there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there with history, but a lot of these conspiracy theories don't have good evidence. And, and the ones that are true and the ones that happen have really good evidence. And so we don't just say because there's a lot of contradicting thing, uh, contradicting uh, reasons for why World War II happened doesn't necessarily mean that they are good claims. It just means that there are multiple claims. So likewise, there might be multiple miracle claims, but not all of them may be good claims. Some of them may actually be um, weaker claims than others. And also a secondary point to this is that most religions believe that there are a lot of religions believe that there are supernatural beings um, that have different motives. So therefore, demons and angels would be a common example of this. Demons can uh, perform supernatural miracles, if you will, in the natural world and cause confusion, deception, things like that. And likewise, angels and God can do miracles and intervention in the world and lead people to good things. And so there might be supernatural beings with different intentions, which would have multiple miracles that seemingly contradict each other. So contradicting miracle claims doesn't necessarily mean that miracles don't exist. doesn't mean miracles are impossible. It just means that there may be multiple factors when it comes to miracles. Overall, I would say in conclusion, it would appear that philosophically you can't completely say miracles are impossible or do not exist. You may be able to make a case that all miracle claims around the world, every single miracle claim ever made, was wrong. You can make that sort of belief. You can have that belief. And if you're a naturalist, you would have to believe that belief, that every miracle claim has been wrong. Now, if you're a betting person, there have been millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of miracle claims. The, the odds of all of them being 
completely falsified and able to be explained purely from natural terms is a very, very hard case to push. It would be hard to believe that every single miracle claim, every single one is full of just pure deception and everyone has been deceived and no miracle claim has ever happened. It would be hard for me at least to believe that. And if we have no strong philosophical and logical reason for why miracles can't happen or why we shouldn't believe they do happen, I would go on the fact that there seems to be good evidence for certain miracle claims. There are some miracle claims that I would believe um, on the basis of good historical evidence for it happening. And Craig Keener is one of those people who provides a lot of good historical evidence for certain miracle claims. So as far as that goes, it would seem that it's, it's likely that miracles do happen. And therefore, if miracles do happen, most likely God does exist. And it would prove God's existence. Um, and now, as far as looking into different religions and their miracle claims, I would just advise people, look for yourself, research for yourself what religion has the most, what religion has the most trustworthy miracle claims and then go from there. Thank you guys for joining me today. Hopefully you really enjoyed this video. If you did, I just ask that you leave a like, leave a subscribe, and leave a comment, and uh, just share this with a friend out there. So um, without further ado, as I always say guys, I hope you go out there and like the world, my friends.